Hi, and welcome to Grounding with Gem. I'm Gem Wilson, and I'm a mindset coach and founder of Vala Energy. I'm so excited to help you up-level your mindset, ground back into your body, and reconnect with nature to live your most fulfilling and expansive life. I truly believe that whatever you can see in your mind, you can manifest into your reality, and I can't wait to share my practical tips for life, love, and business with you. Thanks for joining me today, and let's jump right in. Hi, and welcome back to Grounding with Gem. I hope you enjoyed my bonus episode all about in bulk. I've had some really lovely messages about it. So thank you for everyone sending a message, sharing, pressing play. I love hearing how much you're all enjoying learning about the wheel of the year as much as I am. And this episode really does tie into what I was talking about last week. And surprise, surprise, it's inspired by two conversations that I've had in the space of 24 hours about what is essentially rewilding yourself. Although that word was never used in either conversation, but in my brain, I was thinking, yes, these people are rewilding themselves and I'm here for it. And I love these moments and these synchronicities because I don't have a schedule for this podcast. I don't batch record. It's usually me on a Thursday, a couple of hours before it goes out, recording and hastily editing and uploading it. So I live for these moments where I get inspiration from conversations. I pretty much do this on the flight every week. I see what conversations come up, what clients are saying, what I'm noticing as patterns. And then I think that is such a great topic for the podcast. So just for context, these two conversations that I had, they were with two separate ladies. The first of them was telling me that she feels like she's reconnecting with the inner witch through learning about the wheel of the year, working with the seasons and how it all feels like a remembering and a homecoming. Because let's be real, as humans, this is what we've always done. We've always worked with the rhythms of nature, with earth, with our bodies, as I said on a recent episode. But we have become so smart. We've outsmarted our own rhythms with artificial light, with technology, with birth control, and we've learned how to override them, but we've become disconnected as a result. And then the second conversation happened this morning when I was taking Leo for a walk. I bumped into someone I know and she said she was moving, that she needed to be close to nature. She couldn't do it living in a busy town anymore on a busy street. And as I walked away from her, I thought, oh, that's so lovely. She's rewilding herself. And my second thought was, I need to turn this into a podcast episode (laughs) to talk about this with more people, to share more about rewilding. And if you followed me for a long time, I think it was about two years ago now, I did actually release a workshop all about rewilding. Maybe I need to bring it back. It was about reconnecting with your inner wise woman, your inner witch. So maybe I will do a, a special circle or an online workshop about that. Let me know. And if you've never heard of rewilding, it's basically a term that is often used to refer to reclaiming land and helping to return it back to the way it was. 
restoring the natural processes of nature, of the animals. I'm sure you get where I'm going with this. And it is a really progressive approach to conservation that helps to create a more diverse ecosystem that is more in harmony with nature. So an example of this could be a farmer's field that maybe was once an ancient woodland or a forest and is now this beautiful lush green grass gets turned back into a wildflower meadow that is a haven for bees and birds or maybe an old mine gets transformed into lakes and ponds and they plant reeds in there. So I'm sure you get the idea. I often think of it as reversing a lot of the shitty things that we as humankind have done through greed and destroyed our beautiful natural habitats. And growing up in South Wales, in Neath, near Swansea, I have really vivid memories of my mum driving us around and saying in Swansea, the river would be orange here from the copper works and it was called Copperopolis or that she remembers being a child driving through the Avon forest which now is considered one of the best places in the world to go mountain biking and she said it was nothing like this when I was a child there would be buckets and wires overhead transporting the coal from the pit all the way down to the docks where it would be shipped all around the world. Welsh coal was known as black gold because it was so great and it was one of the most favoured coals to use. So it's really interesting that our lands have these stories. We've almost forgot about them. And this really does make me think of this incredible book called Rape of the Fair Country by Alexander Cordell. And he really does paint this incredible picture of how the Industrial Revolution transformed the landscapes and people's lives in South Wales. Even if you're not from this area, I would so recommend reading it. It is part of a trilogy with Hosts of Rebecca, which was about the Rebecca riots and Song of the Earth. And it is so moving. It basically follows this family from Neath, the town I'm from, as they move with the growth of the Industrial Revolution, basically. So from the canals all the way to the coal mines. I always say I would love to see it made into a TV series like Downton Abbey. Everyone would be so gripped because it is so sad at points. People die, they get involved in fights and arguments and I used to read it when I lived in London on the tube. They're quite small books and I would have to hold back the tears. It's that move in. But anyway, I am digressing again. <laughs> As humans, we are so used to this concept of rewilding, being associated with land. But so many of us are beginning to rewild ourselves and going back to our untamed state of being. And we are really releasing this conditioning of the modern world. We're rekindling our connection to nature. And we are beginning to live a life that is so much more holistic, so much more simple, so much more grounded with the seasons and the cycles that our ancestors would have honored. And this is something that I have lived and experienced myself, which is why I am so passionate about sharing the benefits of things like grounding and rewilding. I 
lived in two major cities for over a decade in London and Melbourne. Most of my adult life was spent living in cities and I became completely disconnected from nature. There was no nighttime stargazing because of light pollution. There was no wild sea swimming because who wants to go in the Thames? Have you seen it? And definitely no forest bathing within central London. There were just tubes, busy streets, pret and this need to always be on the go and quote-unquote hustling, whatever that really means. I honestly look back and I had become a very tamed and almost trapped version of myself, the opposite of being rewilded because I had sought to find myself in the approval from others, seeking validation through my income, where I was working, how much I was working, what designer pieces I was buying. And it was only when I moved back to Wales in 2019 that I started to reconnect with the seasons, nature, the stars. And I almost liken this time to going back into the chrysalis, into the cave, disconnecting from my old life completely, letting go of the noise, the chatter and surrendering to the stillness and going inward. And it was really hard at first because I'd been conditioned to work in a nine to five and suddenly having a lot of freedom and personal autonomy felt quite scary and overwhelming because you think, well, do I trust myself to get the work done? Should I be doing something? Because when your self-worth is tied to productivity, how do you unravel that? It takes quite a lot of time to realize that you are not validated through the amount of work you've done in a day. So I started to slow down, take time to enjoy going for a walk with my mum up in the forest or go for a swim in the sea without feeling guilty or like I needed to be rushing back to something like I usually was. And I definitely dove deeper into my practice of working with herbs, spellcraft, candles, manifesting in accordance with the moon cycles and embracing the energy levels that came within my cycle. So I really did allow myself then to rewild, to reconnect with my own divine feminine energy, as well as the feminine energy of the earth. In South Wales, we have an abundance of nature. So I was really spoilt there. And at its core, rewilding then, it's taken this very holistic approach to live in that embraces the synergy between humans and the natural world. We are part of the world. I always say that we're part of the earth. We're not something separate to it. And it really reminds us that we are an integral part of it. It's a call to reclaim this wildness, to cultivate that deep respect for nature and also to embrace the knowledge that our ancestors had and they gave us as our shining beacon of light in today's modern world. And if this is something that really resonates with you, I'm going to share some simple ways that you can begin to rewild yourself today, this week, this month, this year. It's an ongoing process. I think sometimes people find themselves trapped in this cycle of thinking, oh, I need to do this and then I'm healed and then I'm good for life. But we're always healing. We're on a journey of healing and clearing things away and allowing more things to come up and to be the loving observer of them. And then once we do that, something else usually comes up because once we have awareness, 
of our thoughts, of our patterns, of our triggers. It's something that we can always be working through and giving love to as well. So my first point is something that I've just touched upon, but it's all about working with the rhythms of the earth, not trying to constantly fight against them. So can you look into the wheel of the year? Can you mark those dates on your calendar? Can you learn a little bit about solstices and equinoxes and the power of light on us as humans? Maybe you can go out in the evening if you have clear skies and you can look out for the stars in the night sky at different times of the year. My favorite thing about wintertime is looking up and seeing Orion every night. I don't know why. I think it's because it was the first constellation I ever learned. And it's one of the easiest ones to spot, let's be honest. As we're taking Leo for a walk, I love to look for it in the sky. And I'll always say to Dan, oh, look, there's Orion. And I think he's probably so bored by now of me saying that. Or look at the moon. (laughs) But it always helps me to feel grounded as well. And helps you to feel the season that you're in and to get excited knowing that oh I'm not going to see Orion in a few months I'm gonna have to wait until October and to look forward to the constellations that come with the summer months and if you are a woman with a, a regular menstrual cycle maybe you can look at where in your cycle you bleed and ovulate in accordance with the moon cycle so it's said that there's a red moon and a white moon cycle that many ancient cultures have used to denote when a woman bleeds and even today a lot of people they do still subscribe to this theory and it basically means that if a woman bleeds on the full moon she has a red moon cycle if she bleeds on the new moon she has a white moon cycle so the red moon white moon theory It says that a woman who bleeds on the full moon, she has the characteristics of a healer, priestess, or this shaman. And the red moon women, they naturally focus their energy inwards. They're strong, they're independent. And these women, I found from my research, were often called witches and vilified by the patriarchy. What a surprise. And then women who bleed on the new moon, so they have a white moon cycle, they are more about the mother archetype, natural nurturers, the energy is focused outwards towards others, maybe their family, their friends. And as your most fertile time is during ovulation, when it is a full moon, It's said that you are the most closely linked to the natural phases of the moon and the patriarchy would have honored the white moon cycle, believing that a woman's place was to be there for her family, to nurture them and support them. So if that interests you, definitely go away and have a look into that a little bit more. I loved finding out about the different cycles. You can get an app on your phone to track it perhaps and see how do I feel? Do I notice the difference? Because when we have the full moon, you know, the phrase lunatic comes from Luna and it being a full moon. How do you feel? Do you feel your emotions getting stronger or coming to the surface like the water in the shores. Take some time to reflect and notice these and you'll begin to notice how the rhythm of your body is really corresponding to the rhythm of nature as well. So my second point is to listen to your intuition and I've had a few conversations lately with people that have said I've become so disconnected 
from my intuition. I don't even know what it is anymore. And I felt quite sad, but I definitely could relate to them. I have been there before and said, oh, you know, I'm not going to do this work or take on this job because I need time to rest. But then your ego takes over and goes, well, what if this is the last job that comes up? Or, you know, what if you have an unexpected expense pop up and then you find yourself going against your intuition? But I often think that your intuition is like, a flame on a candle it's always there but the more air you give a candle the more the flame can flicker if you take the air away it goes out and I liken this to intuition that the more energy the more time you take to nurture that intuition the more energy you give it the louder it gets the louder it can speak to you and I would really encourage you if you are trying to tap into your intuition and to grow your connection with it, to ask yourself, who am I outside of the labels that I have allowed others to give me and attach to me? Really try to think about the personal values that you hold, how they guide your decisions in life, as well as the life you are choosing to live. You can always change your life. Nothing is set in stone. You can create new habits, a new mindset, new beliefs, you name it. You have to have awareness of where you want to change and know where you want to go. But as long as you have those, I truly do believe that you will begin to hone your intuition and listen to that gut response, you know. So much of our serotonin and dopamine is made in our gut that when we have a gut feeling, that is our body speaking to us. And I know I've touched on this before, but learn how things feel in your body. If someone asks you something, do you find yourself leaning forward and your body's sort of saying, yes, I'm into it? Or do you find yourself tensing up and leaning back? That's a really great way as well. But there are lots of ways to tap into your intuition too. You can use things like oracle cards, ask for guidance and see what resonates with you and be grateful for when that guidance comes through and notice how you feel when it shows up as well. So my third point is one of my favorites. It is to ground, to get outside, to take digital detoxes, to allow your body to absorb the sunlight, which is obviously great for your circadian rhythm, which is great for your sleep. We know that people that are shift workers, they often do have more health issues because they are going against the circadian rhythm of their body. So maybe you can go for a walk in nature without having your phone on you, being distracted, texting, even taking photos. Most mornings I go for a walk, but I rarely take photos. I try to just keep my phone in my pocket and stay present. So I'll be trying to listen to the birds, closing my eyes, listening to the water, concentrating on Leo and what he's doing. Or maybe I'll take some time to touch the plants and the trees around me. I love to stroke moss on the trees. I sound like such a weirdo, but it's like nature's velvet. I'm like, how do you make this so soft and fuzzy? And as well, it's said that our arms are extensions of our heart chakra. So when you are touching these flowers, these plants, these trees, can you imagine that energy 
flowing up your arms into your heart, feeling it expand, feeling it resonate throughout the cells in your body. Or maybe you can take your shoes off and dip your feet in the sea to ground for five minutes. Whatever works for you and your lifestyle. And how can you find a way to make this feel easy as well? If you're really into the cycles of nature, something I'd recommend doing is creating a nature journal and you can start to track what you are seeing each month or each week, the flowers, the clouds, the animals around, whatever resonates with you. And maybe you can even bring some nature into your home. Can you keep some plants in your living space, in your bathroom, in your office and tend to them and nurture them and speak to them. I know so many people who are really great with plants. I am not one of them sadly but they often say I speak to my plants and my mom says that. She she loves the challenge of buying the most wilted plant in the garden center and taking it home and she always jokes so she says grow your little shit. (laughs) But they do grow and they thrive, but she is speaking to them as well. And they come back to life because she takes the time to nurture them and to care for them and to water them every day. She is very much green fingered and green thumbed, but my sister and I sadly did not inherit that trait. (laughs) And if keeping plants is not your jam, maybe there's a way that you can connect to nature through seasonal eating, researching what fruits and veggies are in season at this time of the year. Maybe you have a local farmer's market that you can go and support and create some food that has been grown locally that is nourishing your body. And my last tip, which is tip number four, is to move your body. Can you do some functional exercise? I remember thinking, what the heck is functional exercise? (laughs) And it's basically things our ancestors would have done, like lifting, pushing, pulling. You probably get the idea. There are functional exercise gym classes and they are so good because they are compound exercises. Usually they're really good for your core. They're using the big muscles. And that's obviously great for building your strength. And if you're feeling brave, maybe you can even go to an ecstatic dance class or a shamanic drumming class. It is so wild to me how as humans, we all resonate so deeply with the tribal style drumming and with gongs. It's like our souls remember I love going to a sound bath and then there's drumming and you get really sucked into the rhythm. It's almost like a trance. So if you can go and do one of those, try it out and see how that feels or stay at home, find somewhere quiet and just blast the music and allow your body to move. Don't feel self-conscious. Close your eyes if that helps and see what comes up, see what wants to be expressed through your body. And There are so many benefits of exercising for mental health, spiritual health. If you're someone who isn't big into going to the gym, then maybe you can get outside for that mindful walk or you can do a hike. And this is such a great way to stay fit and also get all of that fresh air in your lungs, which is fantastic for your immune system too. And as a little bonus tip, I would really recommend picking up an almanac. And the one my mum got me is incredible. It's quite a small book. It just says the almanac, a seasonal guide to 
2024 by Leah Leendertz. If you want to look it up online, or I can drop a link below. And I've seen almanacs before and never really known what they were. But my mum gave me this and she said that her mum, who I sadly never met, would always buy one every year. And I thought, oh, this probably makes a lot of sense why I'm so witchy and into the seasons. And she would say, oh, well, this is going to happen on this month and the moon is going to be doing this on this month. And it's basically a really cute little pocket guide to the tides. They have folk songs in there. It gives you ideas for garden crafts, like making a fairy door for May Day Eve, what wildlife you can expect to see, meditations, what stars. And It's a lovely way to connect with the seasons and the rhythms of the earth. I'm sure there's one for every country. This one is Britain and Ireland. And even though it is February, it's not too late to get stuck in and to learn about what you can get to in this year. So that brings me to the end of today's episode. So my four top tips for rewilding yourself are working with the rhythms of the earth, not against them, listening to your intuition, grounding, taking digital detoxes and moving your body. I'd love to hear if any of this resonates with you. If you have any other tips for rewilding, I would love to share them on my Instagram. Feel free to tag me on stories or message me. And if you would love to dive deeper into this, into developing your own well-being, creating a growth mindset, working with the rhythms of the earth. I am taking on one-to-one clients in February to find out a little bit more information. Tap the link in my show notes to go through to my website and you can always message me on Instagram at groundingwithgem if you have any questions. And as I mentioned last week, I have a feminine energy course coming up where I'll be diving deeper into this too. So do join the waitlist. That's in the show notes as well. And I am wishing you the most amazing week ahead. I hope you had a beautiful inbox and I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for pressing play on today's episode. If you enjoyed, I would be very grateful if you could subscribe, download and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have a great week and I'll catch you next time.